0: You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. It's officially Masters week. You know, it's coming about six months later, seven months later than we all expected. But hey, it's finally here. Got some golf, Um, closing out the golf season, but you know, another great tournament. Um And as always, you know, recapping last week's college football and NFL picks, um, as well as a college basketball update. Some exciting or interesting coaching news uh, coming out recently. Plus, we can take a look at the AP Top 25. Um, their preseason rankings came out this week, um, as well as updating college football and the NFL, how their seasons are going. Um, finally, got the college football, uh, all conferences, up and playing. Um, And like I said, Masters preview give you some picks for that. And as always, we'll finish out the podcast with our college football and uh, NFL picks for the weekend. So going into last weekend, we'll take a quick look at the college football picks we had. It was a great weekend for our college football picks. We ended up going four and zero. Starting out in our college football picks from last weekend, we had Liberty plus fourteen and a half versus Virginia Tech. And you know, to this day or this yeah to this day, I, I don't know why that spread was so high. You know, Liberty was in the game the entire game they ended up winning the game by three um you know and they trailed a little bit in the middle but they never stopped fighting you know And Virginia Tech (laughs) Virginia Tech had the game won except they called a timeout to ice the kicker uh they blocked that kick and ran it back for a touchdown uh because of the timeout they got taken off the board Liberty kicks again and makes the game-winning field goal um, and yeah, Liberty, you know, they're stopped in the AP twenty top 25 last week. And number 25 wasn't just a one-week thing. They move up to 22 this week. And they definitely are an interesting team to watch. Um they can stay undefeated, you know, wins over Virginia Tech and Syracuse. You know, not the two greatest uh, ACC teams there are. But still huge wins for a team like Liberty. Um, so we had a win there. Second game of the weekend, we had Nebraska versus Northwestern, minus 3.5. Northwestern ended up winning this game 21 um Nebraska 13. You know, Nebraska looked took an early lead in this game, but you know, Northwestern just came back out and started firing and scored a few touchdowns to get get that lead. Um you know, Adrian Martinez just really didn't look great uh, as compared to Peyton Ramsey in this one. You know, Peyton Ramsey definitely has his Northwestern team headed in the right direction. Um and you know, we have a 3-0 Northwestern now and breaking into the top 25 at 23 this week. So, they'll be interesting to watch. Next game on the card we had was Fresno State minus 11 taking on UNLV. Uh, Fresno State ended up winning this game 40 to 27, and while we did cover the 11 point spread, um, Fresno State didn't have a huge lead for most of this game. You know, it was a close, semi close game for most of it, Um, and and took them. You know, and they almost screwed it up at the end, (laughs) giving UNLV the ball back with a little under a minute left, but. They were able to get st- keep their lead at the end, secured the cover late game. Uh, that turnover didn't affect us. And, you know, UNLV has yet to win a game uh, in Allegiant Stadium, so it's just an interesting tidbit there. In our final game of the day, we had Tennessee versus Arkansas plus two. Uh, Tennessee, law, or Arkansas ended up winning this game 24-13. Um, and Arkansas did not come out very hot in the first half. You know, they didn't put up any points. Um, it was 13-0 at the halftime. But Arkansas did come out great in the second half, scoring 24 unanswered points to win this game outright. Um, and obviously, covering the plus two in that one. Um, you know, even at three and three, this Arkansas team is has been a problem for many teams in the SEC. They're not what we think of Arkansas the last few years. You know, Arkansas is now six and zero against the spread. This Arkansas team is definitely dangerous. They're definitely a team to look out for. Not necessarily to win the SEC or anything crazy like that. You know they do have three losses, um, but they they do cause some problems for teams um, that aren't expecting them. Moving into the NFL picks picks for the weekend, uh, it wasn't quite as good as the college football. Um, we ended up going two and two. First game we had was Lions versus the Vikings. Vikings were four, uh, minus four in that game. Um, Vikings ended up winning that game thirty four to twenty. This was one of the easier wins of the day. You know Dalvin Cook just looked great. Um, and this Vikings team, you know, they might only have three wins on the season, but they're just doing a great job. Um, you know, the Lions did a horrible job not turning the ball over with three turnovers in the game. Vikings only had didn't have any turnovers in the game. Um, and, you know, the Vikings might be a sneaky good team to look at. Um, you know, the Vikings take on the Bears this coming weekend on Monday Night Football. So that's definitely going to be a game you're going to want to watch just to see if this Vikings team's real. Now, granted, the Bears haven't looked great, but if the Vikings can win, beat them, you know, that that means they would have just, back three weeks in a row, beat the entire division. So this Vikings team is definitely something to watch out for. Second game of the day we had was the uh, Seahawks minus 2.5 versus the Bills. Seahawks lose this game 34 to the Bills 44. Uh, I read that backwards. <laughs> Seahawks um, just going to hold on to the ball in this game, turning it over four times. You know, the Bills just really controlled the clock from the get-go. Um, and, you know, this was just a good game all around. Both these teams control the tops of their divisions, uh, and, you know, that stays true since the Cardinals ended up losing. Don't want to talk about that one too much. But, yeah, Seahawks stay at the top of the NFC West. Bills stay at the top of the um, AFC East. Um, but they both played some weird games, so it'll be interesting to see how both those divisions – you know, I don't I don't think anyone in the NFC West is going to win enough games to overtake the Seahawks. Um, and kind of same for the Bills. You know, the Dolphins are sure knocking on their door, so that could get interesting. But, you know, the Jets and the Patriots are horrible and they're not going to do anything – but anyway lost that game moving on to the third play of the game sunday night football we had the saints plus five versus the buccaneers and this might have been the easiest <laughs> winner ever you know it was not even a close game saints end up winning this game 38 to buccaneers three you know ba got that last second <laughs> not last second but late field goal to not get blown out um you know the saints just controlled this game from the start you know sean payton <laughs> one interesting thing about this game um Taysom Hill, you know, they put Taysom Hill in at one point, um, and he was driving down the field. I got close to the end zone, put Drew Brees back in, make sure he got, pad his touchdown stat against Tom Brady. So, you know, I don't really like Sean Payton or Drew Brees, and I kind of don't like the Saints at all, but you do like to see that, padding stats. Um, <laughs> and one thing about just the Buccaneers team, you know, B.A., um, that's a Cardinals fan, you know, I, that was a great coach for us. But him and Tom Brady, especially a 43-year Tom Brady, just don't really mix well together. You know, Tom Brady is not the no-risk-it-no-biscuit, type of quarterback so it'll be interesting to see how this um how this matches up um Antonio Brown you know was in the game but I just can't say he did much it's not the same with Gronk you know so it's kind of well, something to look out for there um moving on our last play of the game week we had the Patriots minus seven versus the Jets on Monday Night Football uh Patriots end up winning 30 to the Jets 27 um you know this game actually ended up closing closer to 10 um and even though we got you know three points off the closing line it still didn't really help us any uh, Patriots are struggling really hard without Tom Brady, but you know, I can't say Tom Brady was doing much better um, You know the Patriots come back late to win uh, game-winning field goal Which you could kind of see coming, you know The Jets just didn't look like they wanted to hold on to that victory But that about wraps up the weekend for us, you know, our picks end up going 6-2 and two on the weekend So not a bad weekend last weekend at all for our picks Moving on to college basketball news Um it's officially from today recording, uh, two weeks away, start a college basketball season. By the time you're hearing this, will be just a tad bit closer, but we are almost there. Only two weeks left of this crazy offseason. Um, we finally got the, you know, we got Kimpom last week. This week, we got the AP Top 25, which, you know, I don't put a whole lot of weight into the AP Top 25, um, especially the preseason rankings, but surprisingly, they weren't too crazy. Most of the teams I kind of agree with, you know, Gonzaga, number one, Baylor Two, Villanova three. I think those are easily the top three teams in the country. I don't know that there's a whole lot of arguing there. Um, and that Gonzaga team just looks great. Um, kind of just all three of those teams look great. I don't, you can really interchange them all. You can make arguments either way. But yeah, I think those are definitely one, two, and three in the country. Uh, Virginia four, I don't hate that. Number five, Iowa. I'm not a huge Iowa fan. Um, but unfortunately, from the looking at the, the hot tip bet, um, college basketball rankings aren't quite out yet i'm still tweaking it a little bit before those will be up on the website but it looks like iowa unfortunately is probably gonna be i don't know about five but they're gonna be high they're probably gonna be in the top 10 so i'm not a huge iowa fan but it'll be interesting to see if this team how this team plays if luca garza can live up to everything and then one of the more interesting uh just things about the ap top 25 um ruckers enters the ap top 25 at number 24 this is their first time in the preseason A20, ap top 25 in i don't know how long it was uh, i can't remember the specific date but it's it's been a long time so that's just a team to look out for you know i think this Rutgers team is actually pretty good so no longer is you know going to new jersey to if you lose to ruckers looked at as a bad thing you know they're they're a good team now Um, You know, college basketball schedules are slowly starting to roll out. Um, We're getting a lot of conferences um, saying, you know, how they're going to schedule it. Most of them are doing some sort of, you know, two games on Thursday, Friday, not Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Um, But one interesting league schedule is the Patriot League. Um, We already knew that they weren't going to be starting until after the New Year's. um, And it still doesn't sound like they're going to have any uh, um, non-conference play, um, at least as of now. But there are a few teams, <laughs> how the schedule sits now, that will end up playing each other six times on that schedule, one of them being Boston University and Holy Cross. So, you know, it's just kind of weird <laughs> just thinking that a team in this era of college basketball is going to end up playing each other six times. It hasn't happened since, like, the 1930s, um, where teams played each other six times. And I think the last, the most of victories, the, like, the last time we had, like, five or more um, victories, like, one team, Kate... Uh University of Kansas beat K-, K state uh five times in like 1935, but we haven't seen that in a while. So that'll be just kind of interesting. Um, you know, they're kind of these reducing travel with some of these schedules, playing each other, you know, two games in a row in certain places and stuff like that. So I I get it, and it, it kind of makes sense for this year. But six times <laughs> played each other a season is absolutely crazy. Um and one other interesting thing that uh came out the this morning, I think um I don't remember Goodman, someone reported it on Twitter, but the big 12 12- big south tournament seeding is going to be a little bit different this year it's not just going to be strictly off wins or wins percentage or something whatever you know that normally does it's going to be a weighted uh formula for that 75 percent is going to come from your winning percentage and the other 25 is going to come from games played so what does this mean really it means that like a 15 and 4 team would end up being seated higher than a 10 and 0 team um so that could be interesting i don't i kind of i don't know what to think about it i don't know what the i think you got to do something like that because yeah if a team just you know has a ton of games canceled and they only end up playing like 10 games or something you know it's hard to hard to have them seated so high just because they you know had easy opponents and they only played half the conference or whatever so it makes sense but you know i don't know that it's just it'll just we'll have to see how that plays out i don't know that it'll really have a huge effect um towards the end of the season you know unless we see a bunch of games get canceled um, and a little bit of coaching news. Um, Starting off, Tom Izzo of Michigan State has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, You know, there's going to be a lot more coaches test positive. Not really huge news, but just thought I'd throw it out there. And the final college basketball point of the day, and perhaps the biggest news of the week, Wichita State and head coach Greg Marshall are parting ways. Um, Yeah, so Mitch- <laughs> Greg Marshall is officially been fired from well, i don't know it hasn't been officially fired but it's the announcement that he is going he's announced that they're going to announce that he's been fired so um probably by the end of the week maybe by the time you're hearing this hope i think by friday is when they were kind of playing on that so yeah that kind of leads to the question who's going to take over for greg marshall um you know it's so late in the season that i don't know that we're going to see any crazy head coaching hire before the season starts it'll probably be some assistant uh taking over for this year and then we'll probably you know either if, depending how they do either that is the new coach or or we look for someone after that but that about wraps it up for the college basketball news for the week uh, moving into a little bit of college football news last weekend we had clemson taking on notre dame in one of the best games of the year um, you know people are going to argue that the only reason notre dame won this game was because trevor lawrence was out and whatnot but really, I think this Notre Dame team is for real. I think they had a good chance to win this game, even if Trevor Lawrence would have um, been in the game. You know, DJ Ungaleli or whatever you say his name, he was not a bad quarterback. I don't know that he... I mean, obviously, he's not Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know that he's... He's not a bad quarterback. You know, he's still a four- or five-star recruit, whatever he is, that he plays at Clemson, so he's not... You know, he's still good. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, the ACC tournament will most likely be a rematch between clemson and notre dame trevor lawrence will most likely be back for that game um and yeah so that kind of brings up the question what's the college football playoffs going to look like this year if clemson and notre dame both have one loss um it's hard not to put both of them in um we're going to see an alabama that most likely is going to go undefeated and win the sec so that'll be interesting to see who they play um, you know florida and um uh, texas a&m both one lost both looking potentially at playoff teams or as playoff teams so those will to be two teams that i'll continue to look at you know that CC could potentially get two but you know they also have ohio state up there still undefeated uh you know the big 12 though has pretty much sealed their fate i don't see any way that they get a playoff team this year um you know with no one being undefeated um anymore and it would it would just take a miracle for a Big 12 team to get in at this point. Kind of the same for a Pac-12 team. Yeah, if you, they go you know 7-0 or whatever and win the Pac-12, maybe they get in. But I think you put a one-loss Clemson or a one-loss Notre Dame in over a 7-0 and Oregon, just personally. Um, but it also, you know, Clemson, not Clemson, Cincinnati and BYU. Two uh, non-Power 5 teams that look really good this year, both undefeated. Um, there's still a possibility that we could see one of them getting in and you know BYU only has two games left on their schedule. Cincinnati has a few more than that. but you know I've heard a couple of rumors that they might be trying to schedule a game against each other and I think that would do a lot to try to get one of these teams into the college football playoffs. you know if we have <laughs> they were able, especially in a year like this where you can basically just make your schedule as you go, I think it would be great and I think that kind of leads to a better picture or a better question especially for some of these group of five teams, why not leave, you know, in normal years? I don't know why they don't just leave, you know, have like flex games at the end of the season where you can, you know, schedule out a conference against teams that are ranked near you to try to get a get a good win um, to, you know, boost your playoff chances or boost whatever bull you're going to. So that's just something that I think could be interesting um, in the years to come, depending on whether or not we get an expanded playoffs or not. Um, a couple more points from last weekend's college football. Um, it felt like, dif- you know, Hawaii finally had a night game, uh, on the island. So we had late night games. You know, the Pac-12 was back. So you know, last college football weekend was the Pac weekend. Finally, starting to feel like real college football is back. Um, a couple points coming up for this coming weekend. Auburn versus LSU has been postponed, and so has Texas A&M versus Tennessee. So that's just two games to look at. I'm sure there'll be a couple more that end up getting postponed uh, for whatever reason. So just something to keep an eye on. Finally, college er, or NFL update for the week. Um, You know, the Dolphins. (laughs) Have to talk about them. What's going on with the Dolphins? Uh, They came out of nowhere, beat the not came out of nowhere, but they. You know, I thought. Tua was a lot better than I thought. You know, I'm not the biggest Tua fan, but he did look good against the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals secondary was injured, sure, but the game the Cardinals got to win if they want to be contenders, and then kind of just blew it at the end. Um, but yeah, the Dolphins definitely look like a team, and you know they're not far behind the Bills. If they can, you know, go knock off the Bills or something, they're right in there to win the division. So that could be interesting. And one thing that I've kind of noticed, especially this week, is. This year, for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't seem like it's been this in the years past, you know, maybe last year, uh, Thursday and Monday Night footballs were kind of bad, but it seems like this year, the primetime games have just sucked across the board, you know, besides like a couple, like, you know, Seahawks, Cardinals, and you know, that's really, I can't think of a whole, you know, uh, Cheese Ravens wasn't a bad game, I don't think, I don't even really, actually, that, that was kind of a blowout, of think, you know, there hasn't been very many good <laughs> Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, no good primetime games this year. Um, so I don't know what the NFL's got to do to fix that, but something has to change because I am tired of watching two crappy teams play each other every week. And it, it's just insane how bad some of these games have been. Um, you know, and next week we get Bears, Vikings on uh, Monday night, which probably should be, shouldn't should be too bad. We get <laughs> Colts, Titans, which shouldn't be too bad. But who knows, you know, with how bad some of these games have been, um, it, it's just hard to tell. And, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick both this year, uh, they, it's it's weird watching them play not with each other, and it's it's you kind of thought when Tom Brady left, you're like, oh, well, we're going to see, you know, was it Tom Brady or was it all Bill Belichick? Well, it turns out they kind of just both suck without each other. <laughs> Tom Brady's not a great quarterback without Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, not very good without a quarterback. So it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if... if, if Tom Brady, you know, he can't play too much longer. He looks horrible for the Buccaneers most of the time. I, you know, this year, maybe next year, but I think his career is about over. You know, Bill Belichick might be able to get a quarterback here sometime, you know, put another team together. And, you know, the the Patriots did have a lot of people opt out. They do have that. But it's just interesting to think that both of them are struggling. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for the NFL news for the weekend. Moving on to the Masters preview, Masters picks. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting, um, about this masters, oh, for one, it's in, <laughs> in the fall, in November. So, you know, golfers are going to be looking a little different than they did earlier in the year and whatnot. Um, so just a couple of, you know, leans that I kind of like, uh, before we get into the actual picks, uh, will there be a hole in one in this year's masters? It's yes. At minus 175, you know, that's just too much juice for me. I think we've had, I think it's like twelve, eleven 11 or 12 hole-in-ones since 2010 or something so you know an average of a little over one per year like we had two last year it was um and you know sunday on hole uh what is it hole 16 hole 17 i can't remember which hole it is um but you know it's 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 the <laughs> just the shot it's it's almost happens every year that someone hits a hole in one there so that'll be an interesting prop bet um you know if you can get a little better juice than that or whatever book uh 177 one seven, minus 175 is the best i saw you know if you can get that closer to 150 or even lower than that i would definitely jump on that but at minus 175 it's a little too much juice for me to want to take that Uh, another lean i like um (laughs) which might get a little bit of hate for this one but tiger woods is a missed the cut at plus 250 now i get it everyone most people are like tiger you know watching him win last year you know i'm not the biggest tiger fan and he's been struggling he's missed the cut in like four of his last five tournaments and he just. He's just getting old. He's not the same Tiger that we saw. You know, and he, I mean, he's the reigning master champion, so it's hard to doubt him. Um, And and obviously he's going to play his best at a major, but that plus 250, that's definitely some good juice on that Um, Tiger to miss the cut. And, you know, you could probably get that not too bad. I'm sure that um, not too bad going the other way, because, you know, most people are going to, if they're betting on that Tiger to make or miss the cut, they're going to be betting on him to make the cut. Um so that might be something to look at. Another guy I like to maybe miss the cut, Jordan Spieth, you know, he has not been good at all, you know, he's missed all sorts of cuts and you know ever since his Masters win, he's just kind of fallen off the map. Um so he's kind of a guy that you can look at um as a possible play. But moving on to the my picks, my plays for this Masters weekend, there's three guys that I kind of like this weekend. Um so if you heard me talk about golf or seen any of my golf uh picks before, I'm definitely a Victor Hovland fan. Um definitely my favorite up-and-coming golfer. You know, he was an amateur last year at the Masters, and you know, even though he's the 24th ranked golfer in the world, he will not be playing this weekend because he did not it was not uh high enough in the world as of the March um cutoff for the Masters. So he didn't not gonna make it, even with the Puerto Rican Open champion win. Um, he won't be making that. So um one guy though, staying at Oklahoma State, got a couple of Oklahoma State guys I like. Um Matt Wolf. Top 20 finish at plus one forty. You know, Matt Wolf has been good lately. Um winning, you know, him and uh Colin Mora at Kawa uh, winning the US Open and winning the PJ Championship. So he's definitely a new up and comer. Uh, this will be his first masters, so he's definitely someone to look at. Um and top 20 at plus 140, you know, he's made a lot of top 20s recently, so he's someone to look at. Another guy I like to make the top 20 is Ricky Fowler, another Oklahoma State guy at plus 190. Um yeah, I'll be putting another unit on that one and uh and the probably the biggest favorite that I like um in this tournament would be Justin Thomas. I'm going to take him in the finishing the top 5 at uh plus 275. Uh you know, that juice is pretty good. Um you can get him you can still get him uh, above even odds to make the top 10. I uh, I'm not sure exactly what the top 20 was, it's probably under um even but you know justin thomas is just really good i I do definitely like him to win those are my three golfers that i really like for this tournament so i'm gonna be i'll be putting a unit uh down on those you know top 20 and top five finishes i'm also gonna be putting about half a unit on the um to win so justin thomas to win is plus one uh uh 1100 matt wolf matthew wolf to win is plus plus four thousand, and ricky fowler to win plus plus sixty six hundred. so you know put a little bit on all of those um and yeah, you would all really need, you know, if one of those wins, you have more than pay for, <laughs> for all those picks if one of these guys ends up winning the tournament. But, uh, you know, if we can get two of these guys to finish in the top, whatever, you know, you cover all your bets there. So those are the six bets that I am going to be placing for this year's Masters. Moving on to the college football picks for the weekend. The first game we got is a Friday night game set to kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, between iowa and minnesota minnesota is three and a half point underdogs in this game iowa comes into this game one and two on the year and one one and one against the spread minnesota one and two on the year and one and two against the spread one thing this minnesota team has been able to do pretty good is limiting the turnovers only 3.33 turnovers or sorry penalties only 3.33 penalties for uh, for 27.33 yards a game while on the other hand 6.33 penalties for 51.67 yards a game. Um, And turnovers, Minnesota's also done a pretty good job, only 1.33 turnovers. Iowa, 1.67 turnovers. You know, these teams are fairly similar, uh, but Minnesota has been able to move the ball and keep the ball in their possession a little bit better. Um, You know, 36.33 points a game with 444.34 yards um, and equaling up to 35 minutes and 24 seconds time possession. Well, Iowa, not terrible. 29.67 points per game with 388 yards a game and 29 minutes and 27 seconds time possession so you know this is a pretty evenly matched team this isn't the same minnesota team we saw last year that was competing for a big 10 championship or close to it but you know they're still a good matchup still both good teams but i do like minnesota especially as three and a half point underdogs at home in this game um so that's gonna be my play for this one minnesota plus three and a half moving on to the next college football game of the day We got Indiana versus Michigan State. Indiana's seven-point favorites in this game. The game is the early game on Saturday, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Indiana comes into this game doing great. 3-0 on the year, 3-0 against the spread. Michigan State, not quite as good. You know, got the win over uh, Michigan, 1-2 on the year, 1-2 against the spread. Um, You know, Indiana has been doing an amazing job putting up points, 37 points per game, which is absolutely crazy uh, considering some of the teams they've played. Michigan State not quite as good, only 20.33 points per game, you know, a little bit slower offense. And one thing that really sticks out bad about this Michigan State team is their turnovers, 3.33 turnovers a game, while Indiana only .67 turnovers a game. So it's definitely something that's in favor of Indiana in this one. Um, Another thing in favor of Indiana, time of possession, you know, not a huge difference in here. Indiana 28 minutes, 56 seconds time of possession, while Michigan State 27 minutes, 41 seconds time of possession. But well, this Indiana team just looks great in the Big Ten. You know, they're definitely going to be competing for something in the Big Ten. Uh, whether it be a championship or, you know, taking on Wisconsin or whoever to try to get in that Big Ten West spot. But yeah, I do like Indiana in this game. Minus seven. Uh, I Yeah. Moving on. Next pick of the day. We got Fresno State. Minus ten against Utah State. This game is... Set to kick off at 12 it's at 2 30 p.m eastern on saturday fresno state um comes in this game two and one on the year and two and one against the spread utah state has been absolutely horrible this year oh and three on the year oh and three against the spread um you know fresno State has been able to score points 32.33 points per game well utah state hasn't even been able to crack double digits for their average points per game only 9.67 points per game which is absolutely horrible especially in college football like we see now um, you know, Fresno State moving the ball extremely well, for 142.67 yards a game, while Utah State only 209.34 yards a game. So, you know, Fresno State has almost doubled them up um, on yards per game. And we also see Fresno State's time of possession, 30 minutes and 49 seconds time of possession, while Utah State 25 minutes and 7 seconds time of possession. Um, but one thing that also sticks out about this Fresno State team is their penalties, only 6.6. Uh, 3.67 penalties for 34.67 yards, while Utah State 6.67 penalties for 55 yards. You know, this Fresno State team, just a great team all around. You know, even though you got to lay a pretty big 10 on this one, um, definitely staying under that 10 and a half where you count with that hook um, is good in this one. But yeah, I definitely like Fresno State in that game. Moving on the next play of the day, we got a Pac-12 matchup between Colorado and Stanford. Colorado comes into this game as 7-point underdogs. This game set to kick off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Uh, Both these teams played last weekend, their first games. Colorado 1-0, but did not cover the spread. And Stanford lost outright and did not cover the spread. Um, Colorado in their opening game uh, did really good, though, putting up points. 48 points um, in that game um and well Stanford only 14 points now granted Stanford played Oregon so it's not not a super fair matchup comparison but still something to take a look at um Colorado really good job of keeping on to the ball 39 minutes 31 seconds time of possession in that game which is absolutely insane you know it's only a one game sample size so it's not a not a huge factor but definitely something to look at especially when they're coming in at, at 7.0 of Stanford um when you we when factor in the Stanford played Oregon not terrible 32 uh, minutes, 36 seconds time of possession, so about even on that one. Um, Colorado also did a good job moving the ball with 525 yards in that game. Well, Stanford only 413 yards in that game, but you know, just a whole, given Colorado a touchdown in this one. You know, I know they're on the road at Stanford, um, but I just really don't see you know this Colorado team just across the board looked great in their first game. Yeah, they didn't cover the spread, but they looked still like dang good. So I'm taking Colorado plus seven in this one. Final college football play of the day. We got an American matchup between SMU and Tulsa. SMU comes into this game as two and a half point underdogs. Um, This game is set to kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, SMU comes into this game seven and one and five and three against the spread. Tulsa comes in this game three and one and three and one against the spread. You know, just those records right there tells a lot about how these seasons have gone. You know, SMU has played four more games than this Tulsa team has. This Tulsa team just. For whatever reason, has had games just keep getting canceled and postponed and rescheduled and whatnot. Uh, you know, the Sesame team a lot more, a lot more reps um, this season, which could lead to more, you know, players being out, playing, being hurt, whatever. But the Zezun team is looked dang good. Forty point five points per game. While well, Tulsa only twenty nine point three point two five points per game. Um, the Sesame team has also done a great job moving the ball with five hundred twenty six point two five yards a game. The Tulsa team, on the other hand. yards a game um and one thing that I like to look about this game is the turnovers SMU's only been averaging one turnover a game Tulsa two turnovers a game which you know it doesn't sound like a huge difference doesn't sound like a lot but you know when you spread that out over the course of a season especially when you got two and a half points on your spread that that is a lot of point that's a lot of turnovers that ends up being a lot Um, And SMU's also been doing a great job not making stupid mistakes with only 6.13 penalties per game for 55.28 yards, while Tulsa 9.5 penalties a game for 91 yards. So I'm going to be end up taking Tulsa, not Tulsa, I'm going to take SMU in this game, uh, plus two and a half. I think they get it done on the road at Tulsa. Um, So yeah, that about wraps it up for the college football picks for the week. Moving on to the NFL picks for this weekend. Starting out, we got the Jaguars versus the Packers. You know, there's a big spread in this game. Packers come in as 13-point favorites. This is an early game instead of kickoff at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, Jaguars enter this game 1-7 and 7 on the year and 3-5 and 5 against the spread, while the Packers 6-2 and 2 on the year and 6-2 and 2 against the spread. You know, even though the Jaguars got this one win, that one win that they had, you know, week one against the Colts, kind of padded their stats, you know. Everyone sees the Jets being horrible and kind of forgets about the Jaguars, but this Jaguars game is equally as bad. Um... Only been putting up 22.38 points per game. The Packers, on the other hand, pretty dang good at 31.63 um, points per game. And, you know, one thing that this, this Jaguars team has really struggled to do is just move the ball. Only 268.63 yards a game, which is absolutely terrible in the NFL that we see now. Um, Packers only had 395.88 yards per game, which isn't, you know, isn't crazy good. But it's still, it's, it's way up there, you know, it's about what you want to see. Um, Packers 33 minutes and 19 seconds time of possession a game while the Jaguars only 28 minutes and 15 seconds time of possession a game. Um, but one thing that definitely sticks out about this Packers team is only 0.38 penalties, uh, turnovers per game. And if you throw that Buccaneers game out of there, that number falls very close to zero. So, you know, this Packers team has done a great job of not turning the ball over. Jaguars on the other hand, 1.38 turning per game this is not quite as good you know, even though you got to lay 13 with the Packers on this one, the Packers are the much better team in this one. I think they're going to get the job done. Something i the Packers, mine 13. Moving on to the Eagles versus the Giants. The Eagles are three and a half point favorites in this game. The game's also set to kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern. The Eagles come into this game 3-4-1 and 3-5 and and against the spread. The Giants 2-7 and 6-3 and and against the spread. And, you know, those records sound terrible, but they're both still fighting to win the division, still fighting for a playoff spot, you know. Over they end up playing, probably just going to beat them out of the first round. But whatever, you know, Eagles, 23.25 points per game, while Giants, on the other hand, 18.67 points per game. Um, and Eagles have done a little bit better job moving the ball with uh, 330.01 um, yards per game. Giants, on the other hand, only 298.22 yards per game. Um, the Eagles have also done a great job of holding on to the football, 29 minutes and 24 seconds time of possession. Well, the Giants twenty eight minutes uh, fifty two seconds time of possession. But, you know this Eagles team. You know yeah they got to go on the road to beat the Giants. But I I really think when you, when it comes down to it in the NFC East, not the uh, yeah the NFC East, the Eagles just are the best team. You know the Cowboys absolutely horrible. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. You don't know who's playing there. Um, kind of same with the Giants. You know yeah they got uh, Danny Dimes, but he just he hasn't looked good all year. The Giants have really struggled to win games. And when it comes to Washington. You know Alex Smith coming in. Um, for an injured Kyle Allen, last game we'll, we'll see what happens there. But you know, it's just, it's just not looking good for them. You know, the Eagles at three, four, and one. Surprisingly or not surprisingly, that one tie there could end up being the difference maker um, as far as the playoffs go. So I'm taking the Eagles minus three and a half in this game. Moving on to the late slate for the day, we got the Chargers plus two and a half at the Dolphins. The set instead set to kick off at four oh five p.m. Eastern. Chargers coming into this game two and six um on the season and four three and one against the spread. The Dolphins five and three on the season and six and two against the spread. You know, probably shouldn't be betting against this Dolphins team, especially what I just witnessed against the Cardinals. And the Chargers haven't looked great. You know, they've struggled, you know. It seems like every one of their games comes down to the last possession. Um but I really don't expect this game to be much different, you know, even though it is the Dolphins. And taking that, I'd rather have the two and a half than be laying two and a half with this Dolphins team. You know, even though Tua lit up the Cardinals, I really don't think Tua is that great of a quarterback. I think he's still going to have rookie challenges, just like we see every rookie quarterback have. Um, you know, the Chargers 420.01 yards a game, while the Dolphins only 322.88 yards a game. Um, and the Chargers' time possession a little bit better, 32 minutes and 40 seconds time possession, while the Dolphins 30 minutes and nine seconds time possession. So yeah, this Dolphins team. Well, I think their their defense is good. The defense has to step up if they want to win the game. Um, And I I really like Justin Herbert, you know, it's going to be a battle of rookie quarterbacks, but I like Justin Herbert to get this one done. So I'm going to be taking the Chargers plus two and a half. Final game of the day, we got the 49ers taking on the Saints. The Saints are nine point favorites in this one. Um, Set to kick off at 425 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. 49ers are a very injured team. They're coming to this game four and five on the year and four and five against the spread. The Saints six and two on the year and three and five against the spread. You know, the Saints haven't looked like the best of teams at all the time, but, you know, they're still 6-2. and They'll put up 30.5 points per game, while the 49ers only put up 25 points per game. Um, and one thing that's very impressive about the Saints team is not turning the ball over. Only .88 turnovers a game, while the 49ers the hit 1.44 turnovers a game. Um, and, that, and that really shows, especially in their yardage. The Saints, 390.13 yards a game, while the 49ers, 375, 74 yards a game. Um... And, you know, nine's a lot to lay with the Saints team. But, you know, at home, coming off a big win, I don't expect much to change. Um, it's definitely going to be, you know, the pub is definitely going to be on the Saints in this game. Uh, but that really doesn't make me too nervous. I think that Saints minus nine, this 49ers team has just looked not good at all. Um, they're definitely the bottom, you know, coming off zero, but they're definitely still the bottom of the NFC West. Let me take in the Saints minus nine in that one. And, yeah, that about wraps it up for the picks for the week. So, as always, make sure you are following the Hot Tip Bets computer model on the website, um, you know, providing horse racing picks right now, college football picks every day. There's got college football. You know, we got matching going on all week this week, next week, too. So, the beginning's uh, college football picks out basically every day uh, except for Sunday and Monday. But got NFL picks up to make up for that. So, basically, you got football picks every day between now and the start of college basketball season. Um, and yeah, as far as college basketball goes, make sure you're checking the website. The hot tip bets, uh, computer model, college basketball rankings should be coming up um, either next week um, at the latest, the Monday before the the season starts. Probably when those will be hitting the website. And yeah, that Tuesday before um, the college foot, not college basketball season starts. Um, I hope to have a college basketball podcast preview for that week. And then once college basketball season gets going, um, it kind of depends on when betting lines are available. Um, when i'll be recording the podcast but most likely we'll be dropping podcasts on tuesday to get you ready for tuesday wednesday thursday games and then another one on um, friday for the you know the weekend friday saturday sunday games and hopefully that can cover most of the games and we can get some sort of spread out there you know find something um, as far as lines go and i can get you something from that but we'll just have to wait and see how all that goes because especially with covid you never know what that's going to look like and, yeah, as always, make sure you're following Hot Tip Bets Chris on Twitter and Instagram. Um, stay up to date with everything that's happening with my picks, anything for the podcast. Make sure you follow the Hot Tip Bets account um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, yeah, everything down below. Um, and, yeah, um, thanks for listening to Episode 7 of the Hot Tip Bets podcast, and I will see you all next week.